Hey men, welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. What's happening? And we have no, no guests today. No, no guests, just it's me and you. Just the two of us. It's, uh, it's a, Isn't that a Will Smith song? I was just about to say, I'm not going to sing it, but that's what I thought about as soon the, as you said it. Yeah, father, son, whatever. Yeah, just the two. No, okay. right. I'm yeah, done. we'll I'm stop. Done. We're gonna I'm move done. on. This isn't a singing podcast. This is a <laughs> theology podcast, a Christianity podcast. Um, hey, we are here to talk about testimonies. And uh, in our church this past weekend, we had baptisms, and it's always a fun Sunday because you've got people that get up there and they get in the water and they stand there, and it's for an outsider, somebody who's never been to church before, it's got to be like the most exciting and strange and odd Sunday to show up or yeah. Saturday to show up. Yeah. But then what they do is they, they give their testimony before they're baptized. They tell their story about how God saved them. And that's what a testimony is. Yeah. It's your story. It doesn't boil down to this is the moment that I repented and believed. Sometimes it's, it's going to involve a, a, a long time before that of God building that up and preparing you for that moment. And then, you know, our testimony is also afterwards, how God has changed us as, as we go on. So uh, what we want to do this morning is, uh, or today, or whenever it is that you're listening, because on podcast you're not supposed to talk about time like I just did. <laughs> not quite, but we'll no, roll with that's it. That's all right, whatever. Uh, what we want to do during this episode is we want to share our testimonies, uh, Kellen and I, give you guys a chance to get to know us a little bit more and uh, our background and the most important thing about us, which is how uh, God saved us. So, Kellen, why don't you kick us off, man? Yeah. So just where I'm from, hometown, we talked about it a lot, and I think uh, our listeners have heard enough from both of us. Well, I was born and raised in, in Texas. Um, you, you got there pretty quick. So, uh, But born and raised in, in Texas, and you know, growing up, I, I went to church. Just It was part of our routine. We went to church Sunday. I didn't do much outside of church, so uh, no Awana program or no uh, just additional ministry things as I, as I grew up. But we went to church on Sunday. It was what our entire family did. So that was my routine all the way up through high school. And uh, what was convicting and what I saw kind of come out is when I went off to college, I went and played college basketball in New York. Um, once I got out there, I didn't go to church anymore. It was like, I'm free. And yes. I don't have to go to church. My parents aren't going to call me and say, why aren't you at church? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that was the first sign as I look back of I, I wasn't saved. It wasn't about right. me going to church because I loved Jesus Christ and I wanted to be uh, with my church body. It was really because my parents were telling me I had to go. And in, in Texas, right, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. It's just that's what you do. Like yeah. it's Sunday morning. What are, you, what are you doing? You're going to church. Yeah. There's not really a, another option that's out there as much, at least not when we were growing up. No, and I remember, as silly as it sounds, to go on a, a sidetrack real quick, like, I would ask somebody, hey, are you a Christian? They're like, yeah, I'm from Texas. What do, what do you mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Bible belt, buckle, like, we're the, the shiny part? Like, that's us? Yeah. yeah. Do you not understand? So, anyway, yeah, that was, my, that was what I thought, too. I probably had that same answer growing up. But, yeah, I went to, to school up in New York and uh, played basketball there and, and got my master's degree and... Uh, out of the six years I was in New York, I probably went to church maybe one time, and I think it was like Christmas because or Christmas Eve service or something like that that I was like, I don't have anything doing, going right now. I guess I'll go to church. I guess it's the right thing to do. So, yeah, it wasn't one that I was willingly wanting to go to. Uh, came, once I graduated, moved back to Texas, and I started to go back to church again because, again, that was just the routine. My entire family went to the same church, but didn't really know much about the Word, uh, didn't studied the word. I just kind of checked the box uh, and went. And from there, I actually got a job opportunity to come out to California, 
when I got that opportunity, I was a little skeptical to come out to California. I was like, do I want to leave my family? But my wife's family is from here. I knew at some point we wanted to get out there. At the time, I thought I was making a decision of like, all right, I'm going out to California, uh, to Orange County specifically. No family there. I had one friend that actually lived there. That was the only person I knew, but, you know, got out to Orange County, and then I'm here. And, again, the routine part kicked up. I had family members calling me saying, hey, are you going to church on Sundays? Did you find a church? I wasn't really looking, so I finally started looking for a church, I guess. Um, didn't try it that hard, uh, and it was interesting where, you know, it started to click for me as far as my journey is. I went back home one time, and it was probably about six months after we were living in California, and I had a cousin of mine, and she was like, hey, did, did you find a church? And I'm like, nah, you know, I, I've kind of been looking, but I hadn't found anyone. She's like, I got a great pastor for you. Uh, I don't know where he is. Somewhere in California, I'm like, great. Yeah, that, it's, a, it's a small state. Yeah. It's, everybody in Texas is like any other state. It's like the size of Delaware, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's somewhere out there. You can find him. <laughs> Just look it up. Totally. Um, and so she's like, he's somewhere out there. And I'm like, you know, I tried to pass it off right then. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll look him up when I get back home. And I remember at that point, she was like, no, 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 no. You pull out your phone. Just find out where he is. I, I, I want you to at least, if he's close, just go find him. I'm like, all right, whatever. I pulled out my phone, and I'm like, he can't be – he's not going to be close. I already had the excuse, hey, it's too far. I can't do it. Uh, and I put in Pastor Mike Fabares, and what do you know? It said Aliso Viejo. And I live in Laguna Niguel, so two, three miles away. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I don't have an excuse. She's <laughs> like, is that close to you? I'm like, yeah. She's like, so you got to go check it out. I'm like, yeah, I'll go check out his church. Fine. She's like – Go next week. I'm like, can you? She's so relentless. And I, I'm praise God that she was so relentless yeah. at that time because I was trying to get out of the conversation. She didn't let me, and I'm so thankful that she didn't. But, um, yeah, I came back to California, and uh, I, I went and checked out the church. And uh, just to fast forward a little bit, I went and sat, you know, came in a little late, left a little early. And I remember Pastor Mike preached a message about, you know, turning the chairs around really getting into small groups, really uh, being able to establish relationships, have those accountability partners, really opening up to people so they can get into your lives. Not just hearing him preach, of course, that, that's, that's very important, but really where, where God's work is being done is where you have Christian brothers and sisters in your life that can challenge you, that can uh, start to help sanctify you. And so I was like, you know what, I've never done it before. I, I'm going to do it. And so there was one Wednesday morning for our men's Bible study. I just I was up and I'm like I'm just gonna go. I didn't know anybody. I just showed up, and it was six thirty in the morning. Um, and we've said this before. I'm six seven, black guy. I'm not hard to to miss. <laughs> so I walk in and I'm just confused. And I remember this gentleman walked up to me. He was like, "You look lost." And I'm like, "Yes." I'm very lost right now. Uh, he's like, come on with me. And he got me involved in his group, and <clears throat> it was just a blessing. And even when I started in that group, I, I created so many excuses. I, I'm busy. You know, I couldn't do the, the lessons. I couldn't do the, the, you know, the Bible reading that we were supposed to be doing and things like that. But <clears throat> when once I finally came to the realization, like, I didn't know the word, and these people kept talking about being saved. And like, hey, are you saved? I'm like, yeah, I was baptized. I was baptized when I was like 10. Uh, and they're like, no, you say it. I'm like, dude, I, I just told you I, told I was you baptized. <laughs> yeah, what? Where's what the you disconnect? Mi- what are you missing right now? And yeah, at that moment, I, there was more than one person that said that. And they were like, hey, have you been saved? I'm like, I'm, I don't, I'm going to walk around with a shirt. I was baptized right. <laughs> when I was 11. Uh, don't ask me if I saved. But I, I just didn't know. And there was something different. Like these people that I, I was 
coming around real true Christians. They were in the Word, and they were just loving the Word. And I didn't have that same love, uh, and I didn't even know the Word like I, I thought I should. And I remember there was a point where it was a men's Bible study. It was a summer study, and we were just talking about evolution. Uh, and I had nothing to give to the conversation. And, you know, I... I I like to talk. Um, obviously, we're on here, and you know, I, I like to be part of the conversation and, and contribute in some way. And it was like probably like forty-five minutes, but I felt like it was like three hours that I'm sitting there, and I didn't have anything to say, and I couldn't even escape. I was sitting on the the wrong side of the table <laughs> where I'd had to excuse myself past multiple people. So, yeah, I, I couldn't get out. Um, and at the end of it, there was one gentleman that came. He tapped me on the shoulder. I didn't say anything the whole entire time. He said, "Hey, next time, don't talk so much." And I'm like, "Oh man, are you serious?" Uh, and obviously he was being facetious, and like it hit me at that moment. Uh, and I remember sitting in my car after that Bible study, and I'm like, I'm not saved. Hmm. Like these people have talked about being saved and putting my faith and trust in, in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I, I hadn't done that. I was still living for myself. I wanted to live my life the way I wanted to live it, and then you know sprinkle a little Christ in there, right? But the Bible is very clear, clear of like. There's no, there's no. It's giving all of us to Jesus Christ. It's not sprinkling a little bit. It's not even, you know, ninety five percent. It's a hundred percent, and that's right. it. Right. Um, and that's where you know many people get this uh, wrong. Is like, hey, I still want to live a little bit for myself, and, and Christ is saying, I need you to take up your cross and follow me. Put aside all your desires and and live for me. Uh, and I, at that moment. I saw it and I, I knew the difference. And at that, right after that, I gave my life to Christ. Yeah. Um, and I put my full trust in Him, and and He was the Lord and Savior of my life from that moment on. Yeah. Uh, and it's just been it's been a blessing to see how He's been able to work in my life and removing the blinders from my life. Sometimes I sit back and I'm like, How did I not get this before? But God had a plan for me to mm-hmm. be saved at the time that I was saved. It wasn't that I missed something. Uh, I should have been saved at 15. It was like, no, he had me saved when I was saved because now I can take the the experience that I had of thinking, you know, I was born in the Bible Belt. I'm a Christian. Of course I am. Right. That's silly, but there's a lot of people that think that. And right. so I can have the conversation with them, and God's given me this testimony to be able to say, like, look, I was right there where you were. I thought I was saved. I thought I had it all because I was born into a Christian family. And that's not it. Let me show you what it is. So it's been a blessing, and I love sharing that story. And, yeah, I you know, wish I could have been saved a lot, a lot sooner, but no, that wasn't God's plan. It was perfect timing when I was saved. Right, and I love even looking back, and you mentioned, you know, that that God was behind all this, and yeah. even going to New York and, and walking away from the church was even part of God's plan to save you, because right. he was beginning to show you that you don't love the church, and yeah. then you come back and you go out to California, and church still isn't a priority, and then it takes your cousin... Thankfully, like you said, praise God, she was so aggressive with you, putting her finger in your chest going, you need to go. Yeah. You need to get to church. Yeah. And uh, and that wasn't by chance that Compass Bible Church was in your backyard. That was God working that out. That wasn't by chance that you showed up on a Sunday that Pastor Mike's talking about a small group. That was God working that out. Yeah. Not by chance that you walk into that group and you've got those guys surrounding you. That, that, again, that was all the Lord. Right. Um, leading you to that place. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. So that's encouraging. Uh, love sharing that, but uh, let's turn turn the tables around a little bit. And Well, uh, just really quick though, I think <laughs> I find it humorous that you said that you were giving the excuse of I'm too busy to do all those things. And now that you're a believer, <laughs> it's like your busyness level has just gone up now, right? And just, it's like, just you thought you were busy before? Here, have another kid. Let's start getting you behind the pulpit preaching. Let's just do a podcast. Why not? Let's yeah. throw a podcast on top of all. You don't have anything else to do. Let's no. just do it. Let's go camping. Let's get you in the snow for the first time. That I don't jazz. like. Yeah. <laughs> we, my story, um, 
man, if I were to boil it down in summary, I would say I've got a lot in common probably with the Apostle Paul in the sense that when you think about Saul before he was Paul, he was a Pharisee. He was brought up by Gamaliel. He, was, he had the head knowledge. He had the doctrine. He had the obedience. He thought he was fine, right? Uh, you go to Philippians chapter 3, and Paul is given his resume there, and he says you know, that he was the Pharisee of Pharisees, that as the law, he was found blameless, you know, circumcised according to the eighth day, uh, so forth and so on, that he was just saying, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about me. And it wasn't until God literally kicked him off his donkey yeah. that he realized how depraved he was and how much he needed Christ. So, um, you know, there's, there's parallels in my own story. I, I grew up in the church. I was born uh, to a pastor, uh, a pastor's family. My dad was a, a pastor and in ministry. Um, I grew up thinking to myself, I want to be a pastor because my dad was a youth pastor. And I, I, my conception of that was he went to church and played football with the <laughs> high school students and he got paid for that. Yeah. So I was like, Sign me up. Sweet. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to yeah. be a pastor. But but even that, right? That became part of who I was. Yeah. And even when I was going to uh, school, I went to a public school for a while, and then my parents moved me out into a private Christian school, which was helpful, but at the same time not helpful for me, for my Saul right. complex, for yeah. my self-righteousness. Because here now I'm in a private Christian school. I'm the kid that wants to be the pastor. I've got that reputation. Um you know, learning the, the Bible, going to, to Bible classes, winning Bible awards, and, and all of this was just puffing me up yeah. is what it was doing to me. Um, building my, my self-consciousness, my self-righteousness, which is really what it was. I'm good, God. I, similar to you, thinking to myself, well, I'm born into a Christian family. Yeah. But then beyond that, going and look at all the good that I'm doing right. and look at how much Bible I know and everything else. So um, you know, I was a good kid. I didn't run with the bad crowd. I didn't do any of that that stuff. You know, was I perfect? No. Um, did I have my sins? I did. But, you know, they weren't the big ones. And so that, again, fueled my self-righteousness, yeah. thinking to myself, I'm good. And uh, I remember at seven years old, I was listening to, uh, if any of you guys out there know the band Petra, um, throwback to like late 80s, early 90s Christian music. I was listening to a song by them, and I, I called my dad in, and I remember being in tears, and I was like, Dad, I need to, I need to ask, in my seven-year-old language, ask Jesus into my heart, right? And he prayed a prayer with me, and I remember how excited he was, and I remember how excited my mom was, and I was like, great, I'm set. I'm a, I'm a Christian, yeah. right? But I was more concerned with other people and what they thought, my parents, how excited they were, my pastor, how excited he was, my friends, how excited they were for me. I didn't really think about it from a personal standpoint. Again, I was the pastor's kid. I was going to a private Christian school. Checked the box on everything. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, and now I, I prayed the prayer. Right. So on top of that, I'm, I'm fine, right? Fast forward and come up to my eighth grade year, summer going into my, my freshman year of high school, I come home from school, remember the day vividly, walk into the house, and my mom and dad were there, which was weird because my mom was home from work, and they were sitting down at the kitchen table, and I walk up, and I could tell that they had been crying, and uh, they said, PJ, you need to sit down, and um, that was the beginning of the end of my parents' marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, that conversation led to a separation between them, um, and then, you know, they, it, throughout my high school years, four years, they separated three times and the final time got a divorce. So it was, they were separated, then they were back together, then they were separated, and then ultimately they, they eventually got divorced. And what that did was it, it took my life and turned it upside down. Because before that time, everything, like I said, was 
boxes were being checked. Yeah. I was confident in who I was and I was a Christian and everything was good because I was going to church and I was in a private Christian school and everything was fine and I had a mom and dad. And then divorce hits and I remember thinking to myself, this, is, this happens to other people. This doesn't happen to me. Yeah. Other people's family have these problems. My family doesn't have these problems. And, and I was looking at my dad who was a pastor and I was looking at my mom who was one of the ones that would get me up and say, it's time to go to church, it's time to go to church, it's time to go to church. And all of a sudden they fell off the pedestal that as kids we often put our parents on. And I realized that, man, my identity as a believer was really my parents' identity as believers. I was riding their coattails. Um, Pastor Mike Fabares often says here, he says, God has no grandchildren. Right. Um, that just because you're born into a family and just because you have parents who are believers and just because you kind of check the boxes doesn't mean that you're a believer. And uh, it took me a while to figure that out. I still tried to fight that. And I was going to a, 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 a church in Dallas at the time in, in Frisco, and I was serving in the youth ministry at that time. I was a, a worship leader for our youth ministry at that time. I was a student leader for the youth group at the time. And, and all the while thinking, I'm saved. Yeah. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. But I was still trusting in my own self-righteousness. Um, and then I went to a summer camp. And uh, this was my junior year of high school before my senior year. And I went ready because I was like, I want to get out from home. Home life isn't good right now. I want, I, I'd gone to this camp many times before, and you get that, you know, we talk about it, the, the camp high sure. as Christians, yep. where you're just excited, you're like, yeah, this is awesome, and you come back ready to take on the world, and I was looking forward to that, I wanted that, and I went, and for four out of the five, well, no, for five out of the five days, I was miserable, because yeah. it wasn't happening, there was nothing, I felt nothing, there was no impact for me, the messages weren't getting me excited, being around my friends wasn't getting me excited, the worship wasn't getting me excited. Yeah. Um, normally, I even went looking for a girlfriend, and, and I couldn't find anybody there either. <laughs> it's right? for you. Camp romances in, in uh, Christian camps, right? But finally, that last night, and it sounds cliche, the last night of Christian camp, but, but that's, that's my story. That's yeah. what God, where God led me to. And it, I, I don't even remember that it was necessarily the message, but they gave a big gospel push at the end. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. And I remember sitting there with the... My, the guys in my cabin in our small group afterwards, in the room, um, we were all still together in the, the big conference room, and the, the speaker just said, you guys, I want you to think about what you've just heard. And, and again, it was the gospel and our need for Christ. And I was sitting there, and I was, I was in tears. Like, it, I finally just broke. Mm-hmm. And my, I remember my counselor came up to me and put his arm around me and said, well, you know, what's going on? And, and it was that moment that I just looked at him, and, and I said, kind of like you said at that point in the car after that small group, I, I said, look, I'm not saved. I'm, I'm just not. And the light bulb that went off for me was this light bulb of I had been trying and trusting myself and my own self-righteousness for so long. Um, even with my parents' marriage falling apart, it was like, okay, well, if, if I can still be a good Christian kid, maybe things will work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally it got to the place of God going, you're not good enough, right? Like you can't even hold your parents' marriage together right. when you're trying to do that. Yeah. You can't save yourself. You're not, you're not, righteous enough. You're not good enough. You are a sinner. You need Christ's righteousness, not your own. Um, and so at that point in time, I, I confessed my sins, put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I, I went back, and what's interesting, like I said, I, I always thought I was a good kid, but I went right. back, and then that senior year of high school, I had a couple of kids come up to me, one in particular who um, I probably wasn't the nicest to at some points, and uh, he came up to me that year, and he was like, PJ, there's something different about you. Wow. And that was one of those moments where I was like, yeah, you're right, there yeah. is. 
I thought I was saved and I'm not. And God's now saved me and the Holy Spirit is changing me and transforming me. So, um, yeah, that was uh, 2001. And uh, that's when I was really saved. You know, for a while I was living a lie thinking it was when I was seven years old, but it wasn't until I was junior in high school getting ready to go into my senior year that God actually really saved me. Yeah, and that's a powerful story. I mean, even how you talked about growing up and have checking all the boxes and, you know, almost painting a resume for ourselves and being like, right. yeah, I mean, this is a Christian resume. Like, right. it doesn't get any better than this. And then, you know, throwing in, you know, you said the prayer on top of it. And it's like, I, I said the prayer, that's the bow on top. Like, I'm good. Like, yeah. There, nothing else can go wrong. And it, it's interesting. A lot of people, you, you got it early on in life, but some people live their life in their 40s, 50s, 60s, thinking that, you know, they're building up credibility to to show the guy, like, hey, God, you... I. I, I earned this, um, so I, I did something. But it's yeah, it's also interesting that God can also break us at times, right? He brings right. calamity in our lives and uh, these situations where you know, little sneak preview of Ecclesiastes on our next episode of like how God can use these things that happens in our lives to help us understand we're not in control. As much right. as we want to control our destiny and do things, it's like, look, I'm in control. And at the end of the day, um, you put your trust and faith in me, then you can be happy with those things, but if you just do it for your own selfish desires, there's no fulfillment. It's all vanity at that point. So right. it's awesome that God was able to, you know, show you that He would He needed to be Lord and Savior of your life, and it couldn't be you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope this has been uh, an encouragement to you. Again, we hope this is also. Uh, giving you a glimpse a little bit more into the guys that are behind the mics or in the car speakers that you're listening to right now and who we are. Um, we're guys that needed Christ to save us, just like uh, you were hopefully at one point in time, if, if you are a believer. If you're not a Christian and you're listening to this to go, and, man, I, I don't know if I'm saved, then let me encourage you, set up a meeting with somebody in, in a local church, uh, your pastor if you're going to church, um, reach out to them. And, uh, and meet with them and, and ask them that, that question that we all need to ask, what must I do to be saved? Yeah. And uh, we hope that you will come to the realization of your need for Christ and put your faith and trust in Him as your Lord and Savior. Uh, for the rest of you, guys, we want you to, uh, to excel still more. So go out and, and, and take the story that God has given you, which is what it is. Your testimony is a stewardship from the Lord. He's given you a story of how He has changed your life. And go out and, and proclaim that. Tell that story. Share that story with people, and uh, and point to the the grace of God and the greatness of our Savior to 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 save us. Um, and so we will be praying for you guys towards that end, and that you will be effective witnesses for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 